Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming releases. Welcome to episode 230 of the podcast. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our little podcast. We do very much appreciate all the love and support we receive. And we do have some exciting news in the coming weeks for all of those who enjoy what we currently do here at the pod. Make sure you subscribe to all of our socials if you want to keep up to date on said forthcoming news. Uh, All those links are in the show notes. The show notes is also where you can find all the tour details for today's guest, as well as where you can buy his record and uh, where you'll find all of his social media as well. Our guest today is Robert Forster. Before we go any further, I just want to say a huge thank you to Miriam at EMI for her help with today's episode. Most of you would know the work of Robert Forster, even if you don't immediately recognise his name. Robert and his uni mate Grant McLennan, they met at the University of Queensland back in 1977, where I believe both were taking a theatre arts course. Uh, They bonded over a shared love of Bob Dylan and uh, the New York music scene, and they ended up forming what became one of the most beloved Australian indie bands of all time, the Go-Betweens. Robert was not only a founding member of the Go-Betweens, but also a prolific songwriter and musician on his own. Over the course of his career, he's released 17 studio records, some of those solo and some of those with the Go-Betweens. He's also a published author and award-winning music critic, which just, you know, just to keep him busy between all, uh, all that music and those records as well. Today, he's releasing his deeply personal new record, The Candle and the Flame. This record was actually never meant to be and uh, kind of was built from personal circumstances. I'm not going to share the story of why it is not my story to tell. Robert will go into that in the interview regarding kind of what occurred over the last few years and how it ended up turning into a record. Um, He is one of Australia's best songwriters, so you can imagine kind of what a treat this was for me to chat with him. I do feel very honoured that we've got him on the podcast. In today's episode, we're chatting with Robert about songwriting through difficult periods and how a lyricist can show restraint when it does come to to writing about personal matters. Um, We're also chatting to him about collaborating with his son, Lewis, who some people might know as one of the members of indie pop band, The Goonsacks. Uh, We're also chatting with Robert about why he loves or why he thinks Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys is one of the best lyricists at the moment. It's a fun little uh, chat near the end of the conversation, but we'll let you kind of have a listen 
As mentioned before, all the tour details and places where you can buy the record are in the show notes. Again, we feel incredibly honoured to have him on the podcast. Here is our chat with Robert Forster. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Robert Forster. Hello, sir. How are we? I'm very, very well, thank you. I'm good. That is very good to hear. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. <laughs> um, it is a very exciting time for yourself, Robert. Um, there is a brand new record coming out, which it's your eighth solo record um, mm-hmm. and the first new music in a few years. It is called The Candle and the Flame. Firstly, I guess, congratulations on, on having another new record out there. Oh, thank you. No, um Eight records is starting to sound like a lot to me. I, I think I might have to slow down. Um, but, you know, like the first, my first solo album was in 1990. So, like, eight since then is is good. It's good. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're well spaced out over that time period. You've yeah, done very no, well. and I like that. Um, I, I'm not, although I, I couldn't really do it anyway with the, the, the rate that I write songs, um, I I wouldn't want to be one of those artists that puts out an album a year or every two years. It, it, it I like gaps between them, which I can appreciate. I think there's there's something to be said about someone who who takes their time and looks at the craft of releasing a record and 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 doing it with with care and not not to say that some of those other artists don't, but no. I can appreciate that. Um, I was going to touch on that there obviously are eight solo records and I think there was nine go studio records them. between go-between records as well. As as you approach, regardless of solo or with a band, does a release day or an album release kind of, what kind of feelings does that bring up? Is there nervousness? Is there anxiety? Are you pretty used to it by now? Um, All of them really. I I think... And even going back, I think, to, like, Go-Between's records in the 80s or Go-Between's, yeah, Go-Between's records in the 80s, um, release day was always important. um, But I've already, by the time an album's sort of coming out, you've even back in the 80s, um, you already had a significant amount of feedback, really. Um, There's sort of indicators behind the scenes of, you know, reviews coming in already or, or people, you know, just you sort of get a sense of how it's going to go. Um, and so um, it's not like the world changes on release day, but it's just like I'm just really happy. I mean, obviously the, the big thing is then it's out in the world and people can access it, which is, you know, just so important. Um, and so knowing that is the most important thing mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, necessarily how I feel. It's just knowing that it's out there is the important thing to me. Of course. Are you someone who, I guess, once you submit the record to, to the label, are you someone who kind of then almost lets it leave leave your mind in a way that you does once it's out of your no, hands? No, <laughs> I wish <laughs> I was. No. Then, and then a whole other process starts of um, which I'm involved in um but uh, allowing various people that I've worked with in the past to do their thing, but I'm sort of so you go over to 
the you know the videos. Then you're going to do the artwork for the um, album. So the person that, that has done the two videos for the candle and the flame is someone I've worked with a number of years. It's the same with the artwork person. Then I'm starting to connect with the the record companies. I've won um, EMI here and uh, uh, one in Germany. And then you're starting to tour with tour promoters about tours. <laughs> um, and then interviews start. You know, it's it's really, and I sort of am involved with all of that. I, I sort of have a care and I want it to be done as well as can be done. Um, so I'm sort of hands-on, you know, while still wanting people to have their artistic freedom and and um, for people to do what they want. But, no, the, the process really ends with the record, I think, the day it comes out, really. I can I can appreciate that. And I think there is something to be said as well about having a hands-on approach and kind of being involved in all the other aspects of, of a record's yeah. release and the the, yeah. um, the rollout, if you will. Yes, yeah. I mean, you you put all that effort into the into making the record, and uh, I think you just have to take care after that that everything's done well. Yes, agreed, agreed. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the the name of the record is "The Candle and the Flame," and I want to say firstly that this this record is gorgeous we were lucky enough to have a bit of a listen beforehand so thank you very much for that it's a beautiful record thank you no i'm i'm we've we've been listening to it a lot over the last couple of days because it's just you know um you know the 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 release is coming up and i'm really really happy with it i i think it's for you know it was made in a particular set of circumstances which dictated the sound um, it's not a normal record in terms of you spend, you know, like four weeks or four months in the rehearsal room and then you have, you know, like two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or whatever in the studio. It, it was all done in bits and pieces, um, almost not connected. And so the record has a particular flavour and sound and I'm really, really happy with it, very happy with it. As you should be, as I said, it's a beautiful record, and Thank you mentioned you. it was um, it was made under a particular set of circumstances. And I was wondering if you're comfortable to, and if not, that is fine as well. But if you're comfortable to, just to give the listeners of this podcast a very baseline understanding of yep. in um, in the middle of 2021, a year and a half ago, I had about. 10 songs that I had written over the previous three years and I wasn't planning on recording a new album until 2022. I, I had other things to do and I that was the plan to um, to record the following year. <clears throat> and then in early July, um, my wife, Karen, um, received a cancer diagnosis and um, so things completely changed in our family and in our lives and... Karen had worked with me on the last two albums. She's a violin player and a singer, and basically we've made music at home um, and toured together as a duo <clears throat> going back to, um, like, 1989 when we first got together. So we've had a long-standing musical partnership that has surfaced sometimes in my work, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. And so music's been very, very important to us as a family <clears throat> and as a couple and what happened was that in the weeks after, we slowly started to play music late at night to basically take us away from this 
what was going on in our lives. So music became an escape chamber, somewhere where we could, late at night, we just play a few songs and everything would fall away. And it was just this sort of very therapeutic, very, very beautiful thing. And um, from there, um, we we moved into where um, we did us with, and then our son started to come over. He he came over and he played. He's in uh, was in a band called the Goonsacks, and he started to play guitar with us. And then um, a former bass player from the Go Twins, Del Pick Vance, came over as well um, and started to play a little bit of bass. So it's just a little lounge room family thing. And then we made a recording before. Um, Curran made a had a big medical procedure, mm-hmm. and then we so we and we liked some of the things that we'd done on this one day session, seven hour session where we recorded ten songs, and then after the medical procedure, we then did days in the studio with a couple of other musicians, but just a day here, a day there when Curran was fit and could go to the studio, and we made the album in bits and pieces over the next six months. Firstly, thank you very much for sharing that because I know that is quite a personal story and yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, it plays into the magic of this record as well. You can you. hear that these are kind of deeply intimate recordings yeah. and that the um, it, it is it is a very family affair, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I One thing I found fascinating when kind of doing some research and having a listening, uh, listening to the album, sorry, as you mentioned, you wrote most of these songs, I think nine out of the 10 or or there was one track. Eight eight out of the nine. Eight out of the nine. um, You had written before this, this kind of life changing thing had happened. Uh, One thing I found fascinating is when you look at the track list, there are certain tracks that I think, um, there's one called It's Only Poison or uh, the, the single Tender Years. Um, which for someone who might not know, it it might read as that those were written about the yeah. diagnosis, they were written before. Was there any kind of odd, um, what's the word I'm looking for, almost Nostradamus style <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. thought of, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, of, of where these songs came from looking back? Um, yeah, there was, there was. And I'd never really, you know, obviously I'm writing songs in batches over three or four years. Mm-hmm. before they're going to be recorded. And I can't think of a batch that I've written through the previous 40 years that would have been so in a spooky way related to what happened. Um, and um, I really can't explain it. Um, and and we noticed it, of course, as soon as we started playing the songs. And it was just, I mean, it, it fitted in, in a way it was good, and we, we wanted it to be the experience of recording and, and for the, the listener for it to be a joyous uh, record. We, we didn't want it to be a heavy record, mm-hmm. which is, goes to, to an extent towards the lightness of the production um, and the live sounding of the production. Um, so that was really important to us. But, yeah, I mean, that that those songs, you would think they were written after the diagnosis, but... They definitely weren't. There, were, there was only one. She's a fighter. Where I wrote the lyrics after the diagnosis, and because I had the music beforehand. Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on that song as well, if, if you'll allow me to. And please, if at any point you'd like to move on, please let me know. More mm-hmm. than happy to. Um, uh, as as someone who uh, has been affected by cancer in a number of ways, and I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners have as well, they know the the heaviness, the the range of thoughts that would go through your mind, and as one of Australia's best lyricists, I imagine that you could have um, 
uh, written pages and pages and pages about what was going on in, in your mind at that time. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to know, I guess, how you... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Worked on that musical restraint in terms of, of working out what you wanted to say in such a concise manner for that song. Um, for for she's, oh, she's a, fighter. a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I. That was the there. That was. I had the music um, in June, and then the diagnosis, current diagnosis, came in early July, and I, my first thought after diagnosis and knowing what was ahead of us, was, um, two things. I won't have time to do anything to write, um, and secondly, the subject is so big, is so overwhelming. I don't want to even go there, I, and I mm-hmm. can't emotionally. And, and you know, um, it, it, so I put it really out of my mind. I just went, we're not, we're not going to be making an album because I didn't know then, and this is too overwhelming to even try and put into any form of art whatsoever. It was too big. Yeah. Um, but then I, I kind of started to talk about how she was going to approach it. She has vast spiritual strength. She has, you know, like she was working out with diet and exercise and medication and meditation, all these things. And, you know, she was in this, she was saying, you know, like, I'm going to fight this and this, I'm going to fight this. And I I just just said this line, she's a fighter came to me. And the song, the melody that I'd written back in June had very little space for lyrics. So it, 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 it was almost like she's a fighter. I could almost slot it in, mm-hmm. you know, that phrase. And then I need another phrase, which I then, which then came to me a couple of days later, which is fighting for good. And really the lyric, she's a fighter fighting for good, which is the six words of the whole song, summed up that moment beautifully and really in a good way for me. It was short, succinct, um, and I just sort of thought, that's all I want to write anyway. That's all I can at the mm-hmm. moment. And then I just sort of was very quietly in my bedroom, just sort of in, in my workroom, just sort of tinkering on, you know, putting She's a Fighter, Fighting for Good. And Karen heard it um, in another room and said, you, you've got words for that. And I I almost went, you know, like, and I played her the song and she loved it. And then I played it to our son and he loved it. And so a couple of weeks later when we started to do these songs late at night, that was one of them. And um, all the rest were from the previous three or four years. 
But the other song, She's a Fighter, was fresh. And that was really nice to have sort of eight songs from the past and this new thing um, that was very short, very much to the point, and that's how that song came about. It is a, it is a, it, I believe it's the opening track. It is a wonderful yeah. start to yeah. the record. Yeah. And again, thank you very much for sharing that personal story, <laughs> Robert. Um, you mentioned your son uh, joined you, Lewis, who some people might know from the Goonzacks, uh, indie pop band. Have you, have you worked together before with Lewis? Yeah, look, he played on my first album, oh, an album I made in 2015 called Songs to Play. When he was 16, he played guitar on two of the tracks um but because the sort of goon sax had only just started it didn't really receive any attention and and it was no sort of big thing but um it's obviously different now you know like he was 23 when he played on on the candle and the flame and he you know like he'd done three albums with the goon sax by then so he we'd sort of played around the house um and you know i'd I hear some of his new songs. He hears some of my new songs, but we've never done we've never done anything in public really um, ever. But these this was just a whole other thing. This was so personal, so different that we just had to we just went with it. And and yeah. he he'd cancelled a visit over to the UK to play some shows with the with the Goonsack so he could be here with the family. And so it, it also sort of gave us all something to do, which was like really, really lovely. Of course. Is he, um, and I'm, I'm going to touch on this a little bit more in a second, but uh, you are going to go out on tour. Is he, is Lewis going to join you on the road? Well, he is actually. Um, he's, I'm playing um, um, like a UK, Irish, and a couple of European shows in March. Mm. It's short, like it's about three weeks because I don't want to be away for too long. Um, so it's a short tour. And Lewis is living in London at the moment. He's been there since July. And um, so he's he's going to join me on bass and guitar for these shows. Anything more I don't know. So and it's almost an extension of the album. It's it's to me and to him, it seems like this is the next step after making uh, coming over here and playing the songs before you know we even thought of a record and then we go in the studio he's in the she's a fighter video it's almost like this is the next step to do this tour um to launch the album which is enormously exciting like we've, we've never performed on stage before we never saw this coming um it's a complete and utter something unexpected and uh, both of us are really looking forward to it I think it is incredibly exciting, and I imagine anyone catching those shows overseas um, yeah. are in for a treat. Um, yeah. You are also doing some Australian shows, I believe, in May of this yeah. year. Um, yeah. Firstly, how are you feel? As, as you mentioned, there's Europe dates, but are you excited about getting back around Australia and, and seeing some Australian crowds? Very much so. Like I, I haven't toured in um, three years. Uh, and so I always enjoy performing. It's something I really like and I feel comfortable doing. So the, going to, to be able to do that again after three years is going to be great. Um, and it's going to feel a little bit like because um, Karen is um, immune, severely immune compromised, we live a very simple life at home. 
and we see few people. Um, so the idea of like going out, besides touring, it's actually seeing people and traveling is something, you know, just purely that side of it is not something that I've done in three years. Um, so no, it's really very, very exciting. Like I, yeah, got the set list ready or ready to go, really ready to go. <laughs> yeah. When when you are stepping out with such a, um, a deeply personal project like this, how do you manage that set list? Because I imagine that fans are wanting to see, as yeah. I mentioned, there's what, 17, 18 studio records. How do you pick and choose what, what lands um, on the set list? Look, it's when I was looking at the set list, and this was very interesting to me because I didn't expect this. I, I sort of because I, I sent it to Lewis because he's in London, and I sent him a set list, and so I had to think of it earlier than normal. Um, I think it's going to be dictated by the album. I think really, I want to do at the moment. There's there's probably going to be about seven of the songs from say a twenty song set are going to be from the album. And it really is the songs that fit with that um, from the past. You know, like there's certain songs that I've probably played a lot in the past and I just think they don't really sit with how I'm feeling or how these other songs are feeling, how these um, – not that everything – not that it's a concept show, but it really those having those Candle in the Flame songs, even though I was just doing five or whatever, really sort of set a tone and, yeah. and I've got a – and I'm just sort of really – bringing in songs that may be just sort of just a few that sort of work with the, the Candle and the Flame songs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not sort of, um, oh, here's some of my new songs and here's a fairly, you know, and here's songs going back. And you just, they sit because they're just those type of songs because the Candle and the Flame material is, is and, and the story of the album will be there with the audience and is in my head and is in Lewis's head. That's going to dictate the mood of the night, I think. And so the, the other songs uh, go all the way back, like there's, you know, like songs going right back to the 80s easily. Um, so there's a real balance of material. But those other songs from the past, I want to sit with what um, the Candle and the Flame songs are. I can very much appreciate that. You obviously, with with the tone of what you're singing about and talking about, you have to find those other songs that complement and and yes, almost exactly. work to yes. exactly exactly nothing too nothing too jarring. Yeah, it's it's sort of there's sort of certain songs that are very I don't know me in a certain period that just don't work at the moment with what we're doing. And because there's so many songs and so many songs I'd love to play, it's no problem finding the other songs, you know, like, and there's songs that are, you know, like in, in terms of people that come and see me are well known. Um, so yeah, it, it'll work. No, that is very exciting, and um, we look forward to seeing you on tour. We'll make sure that we have all the um, the tour dates in the show oh, notes great. for this podcast, yeah. Yeah. so listeners will be able to come and see you. Um, Robert, uh, usually we would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's kind of on on high rotation at your house? Um, look, over the, I haven't been listening to much music, but um, just because of what, what, what's been happening in the last 18 months. But I really like um, the last two um, Arctic Monkeys albums, mm-hmm. and um, I like what they're doing. I like, you know, Alex Turner's style and and the way his band approaches 
music. So I like I like them, and I just listen to bits and pieces, and which I always forget to keep in my mind. I, I do listen to to things, but um, at the moment I tend to sort of then, when I'm songwriting or and I'm in a particular mood, I sort of binge and, and like I go back and I listen to a lot of stuff that I know that I want to listen to. And I'm just not in that at the moment. Um, I'll come out and then just sort of when I start working on the next record or wherever I'm going, I'm also working on a novel at the moment, which I've been working on. And so just with preparation for the album, the novel, what's happening in our lives, um, I I haven't really been listening to much over the last 18 months, two years. I can very much appreciate that. And I think um, in terms of what you you have fitted fit in, fitted in, um, in terms of the uh, two Arctic Monkeys records, I think it is a it is a very nice evolution for that band, I think. Those yeah, last two a bit more, yeah. Um, I love the sound and, um, um, yeah, the, the songwriting. He's, he's, you know, he's very, very musical person. It, the songs are quite involved and he's got a very good, um, Alex Turner, he's got a very good, um, you know, uh, sonic palette, you know, like what they go for in terms of um, the instrumentation and the vibe they're going is quite unusual. And for a stadium band mm. to go in that direction and uh, it's, it's bold, you know, I like that. 100%. I think it, it they're not afraid to kind of be a little bit unpopular in terms of trying something new, which I think is always, um, if, if not at least good, should be commended, but these songs are good. So I think yeah, it's yeah. a very solid it's choice, um, Robert. Yeah. Thank you again for coming onto the podcast and c- congratulations on Absolutely. The Candle and the Flame, which is out this week. Um, Thank you. Lovely interview. Wonderful talking to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.